0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of More with Mark. Thank you so much for being here today. So on today's episode, I wanted to talk about a few different topics that I think are kind of um, intertwined with one another. So um, just... The first thing that made me kind of think about all this, um, I was uh, listening to advice from a casting director. um, And it wasn't so much advice as like just kind of explaining the situation kind of in a way that non casting people could understand, aka actors, (laughs) Um, in a very like. civil and not like talk down on you kind of way like they were just being you know honest and making it a little more accessible for us because sometimes we just don't know what happens in the casting room um but we were sitting there and they were like uh yeah so everyone's so you know quick to kind of um judge the fact that you know we have all these people that come through our office or our you know come through our um our lot for the day of people that we're going to be seeing or submissions that we received and um we kind of you know make quick decisions on who we think will work out and what videos to watch and who to bring in and all this different stuff yada 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 and we were like yeah but that feels a little like uh you know quick to judge and like eh, you know like i feel like i need more of some you know some more attention than what I feel like I'm getting from casting directors and they looked at me (laughs) they said well I mean you do the same thing on tinder you swipe right on this person you swipe left on that one so I would actually really like to kind of delve deeper into this so let's get into it what should you do when you don't know where to start you should listen to More with Mark, yeah. Okay, so I... When I heard that, when I first heard that casting director say that, and they are a wonderful person, I have nothing against them at all in any way, shape, or form. When I first heard that, though, I was like, well, I mean... Maybe that's kind of a commentary on everything that's happening because I really shouldn't be making these outrageously snap judgments about people that I'm looking at on Tinder, on um, Hinge, on, um, you know, these apps where we look at someone, make a quick judgment and then move on with our life. Um, because also in when I audition for a show, I want to be I want to be considered. More than just for my headshot, like the quality of the headshot or the credits on my resume or, you know, what they feel um, I bring just by looking at what I've done. And don't get me wrong, like I've done some great things I'm very proud of. Um, I've worked with some wonderful people. I've worked with... um, It doesn't matter who I worked with. It's just I, I have done some great things and I'm very proud of them and I'm very happy with them and I'm very grateful. And I think that those can kind of speak for themselves. But at the same time, I want to be able to speak for myself, right? So when we're submitting for these roles, these um, seasons and whatnot. And um, casting is trying to put us into this big um, like say they're doing five shows in the summer or in their fall you know season whatever, which includes Christmas Carol or something you know <laughs> um, they're trying to kind of make all this, Uh, magic happen right with their casting and their shows that they're trying to put together and um when i send in my video i know that i'm sending it because obviously with the pandemic and with everything that's happened we've gotten very accustomed to the idea of a video submission it makes things a little quicker for everybody it kind of um helps uh kind of minimize the um the, the runaround if, the, if that makes sense like they tell you what they want and you send it to them and that's that as opposed to hi so yes we would like for you to come into an, <laughs> an appointment for the audition um how does this day look oh no okay well what about this day oh wait you're available on the first day just a little later okay great oh no you're not anymore okay great like it's just it's a lot of back and forth that does not need to happen now because we can just submit the video they watch it and baby bobbity boo something happens or something doesn't And that's a little easier for me, I will say, especially with the fact that like, um, we just have more access to theaters all around the country, right? We get to, um, no longer am I just confined to the, the walls of Missouri, you know? I can actually submit to these other states and cities and have them actually consider me for something without having to go in for an appointment, which is huge because I mean, living in the Midwest, in St. Louis anyway, there aren't a lot of big productions or big companies that come through looking for actors, right? It's not like, oh, I don't know. Um, Let's see. Tuacon is the first one that came to mind. It's a gorgeous outdoor theater in Utah, but it's not like they're coming to St. Louis to do auditions for their season. They're going to New York and they're doing general auditions and all that kind of stuff. And and, they, and that's what they do, and that's fine, you know, whatever. But with living in St. Louis, I always wanted to audition for those theaters that might be doing something kind of out of the box or something that would be really suited for, but I could never really make the audition because that audition would then cost me, uh, well, let's say, $400 um, round trip uh, if I got the ticket on a good day <laughs> to go up to New York and audition. And if that's only one audition for one show, I mean, you know, money is a thing, and it's not it's not the easiest thing to navigate. So it's very time consuming, just trying to figure out what you can and cannot audition for regardless. But anyway, but when I send in my things now, because I can do it just via my wonderful computer, I can just say, okay, I have this ready to go. Because I've also just like filmed a lot of um, self-tapes, especially when I was at my the Um, the last contract that I have that was kind of extended, it was like four months and we were there for, you know, a good time and we were having a great time and a lot of people were getting a lot of submissions, which is awesome. And it's, and I, I was like, I was getting, well, I guess I shouldn't say that because I wasn't I wasn't necessarily getting submissions sent to me, but I was finding a lot of submissions to send off. Right. Because I don't have an agent. So those, you know, don't try and <laughs> never win kind of thing. It's so you got to you got to put yourself out there. So and you have to put the effort out there in order to find the auditions. So I'm scouring, you know, Playbill and all these different websites backstage, Actors Access, um, just all these different Avenues uh, to try and find auditions that work for what I think I'm good for, because that's my job as the actress to know what I can do um, and submit for those jobs. And I would find the job, I would uh, record a video and blah, blah, blah. But when I was recording the video, I was like, oh my God, I'm in really good voice. We had a great rehearsal today. I'm feeling super good vocally. Let's take advantage of this. And I'm just going to film like four videos in a row because I know that I can handle it. I know that I, my voice can get through all of that and I know the material that well so I can just be done right? So that was great. And so now I have these videos that are just ready to send off. Now, the other thing that happens is that when you find a submission or you find a, um, a, uh, a show or a company or a season to submit for, it says, hi, so um, can you please uh, slate your name and your height? And I'm thinking, oh gosh, cool. I did that already for those other videos. Neat. And then it's like, and the song you'll be singing or, and where you're located or, and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, oh, Shit! I gotta record them again. So, and then you don't want to send off a video of you slating in one outfit or one appearance or one location. So, like in my apartment, I have a big blue backdrop that I stand in front of. Um, I kind of think of like a step and repeat, right? That's like the big blue thing that got my uh, my office here. Um, but when I filmed the other audition cuts, I was standing in front of a white wall in an open space that had great acoustics and the acoustics i because i've been watching these videos back and i'm thinking jesus they probably think that i put on some kind of effect or something onto this video because the acoustics don't seem like they should be there like it's just all of a sudden it's very it's very live in the room and um and going from my office which is not it's not you know very live, if you will, like there's not a lot of echo, there's not a lot of reverb um to a video where I'm standing in a room, and all of a sudden there's all this reverb it it's a little it's a little shaky, um but you know, sometimes you just gotta refilm the video, so you refilm the video, you send it off, it's a whole thing. um but kind of getting back to that's just kind of a little a little um, glimpse into what we have to do all the time in order to get these companies to look at us. So um, in the case that someone looks at your, your uh, submission and they decide that you're not right for the season, you would think, um, cause like if you go in for like a normal nine to five job application process, right? You send in your resume, they, they normally send something back saying, hey, we got the resume. Thanks so much. We'll let you know if we need a further interview um, or not, you know, whatever. And um, normally you, with those jobs, you get an email that says, hey, Mark, thanks so much for submitting or for applying for this job. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to be moving forward in the process, but we wish you the best. And hopefully, you know, you'll find another position that fits your journey in your um and your strengths etc have a wonderful life bye in the theater world they are getting thousands upon thousands and i don't say that lightly of submissions um and they don't necessarily have all the time in the world to or especially back in the olden days when we actually had live auditions they were getting all these papers kind of strewn on their desk right in front of them saying hi so this is the next person's coming in blah 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 they can't necessarily always take you know that amount of time to go through everyone's information, go to every resume and say, okay, so Mark's email is mark at mark.com. Okay, great. So let me open the email. Let me send him an an email saying, hey, thanks so much for your audition. You know, you did a great job, but it's just not moving forward, blah, blah, blah. Like they don't have time for that. They really don't, not for general auditions. So for general auditions, we're just kind of throwing things at the wall and hoping the things stick. That's kind of the... (laughs) <laughs> the journey that we take, <laughs> and it's it's it, it eh, to say that it's difficult is putting it mildly, because it can get very frustrating when you're sending out. Oh, I don't know, like twenty submissions in a week, and you hear nothing. You know, um, and it's just like, but where? okay, so I put the video on YouTube so I could send it to them as a YouTube link. And that way I can also see if they're watching it, right? I can see if they've viewed it or if someone has viewed it. Um, and so I go to the thing and the thing says that it hasn't been viewed at all. And I'm like, okay, so they didn't even watch my video. And that hurts. It's like, um, okay, like I sent you something. Like the best... The, the nice thing that you could do is to at least watch the video. I understand, like, if it needs to be an assistant of an assistant of an assistant kind of thing. But, like, watch the video. Like, you've set out a, a goal to cast this season. And you've put out there that, yes, like, we are accepting self-tapes. And we are accepting these submissions. Blah, blah, blah. Please send them to us. And we will, you know, go from there. You can at least watch it you know um so i'm so sorry this weather in st louis is like wild so if you hear me sniffing or if you hear a lot of like nasal things happening at the moment it's just because this weather cannot make up its mind and it's really annoying especially when you have an entire week of performances this past week jesus and you're having to sing mozart requiem every single night for five days straight And your nose is like, no, so you're going to be hoarse. Anyway, so moving on. Um, So um, something that I came to find out was that when, um, and I don't know that like, Maybe a lot of people don't didn't have to do this or don't remember doing it, but when I was younger, <laughs> when I was in high school, I would find these like videos on uh, YouTube of like really good like mixes or um or songs that I just couldn't find on iTunes yet because it wasn't really the vast you know musical library that it is now. So I would go to a YouTube uh, page or YouTube video. And I would grab that link. I would copy that link and take it over to another website, put that link into the generator on that website. And that website would make the video in MP3 so I could download it to my, um, iTunes and then have that video. I even had an album called YouTube snatches because I'm a mess anyway, but I wanted to make sure that I remembered (laughs) where I got the song. So anyway, um, they are casting is apparently doing that exact same thing just that like when you send them a youtube link they don't even have to go to the youtube page they can literally just copy and paste or copy the link from the email excuse me um paste it into a um a search bar or a generator or whatever on the youtube to mp4 website and just download the video and have the video be on file which is very, like I'm because I cannot be mad because like the organizational side of me, like the OCD kind of esque, um, very anal retentive kind of part of me, the type A personality part of me loves that idea (laughs) it's a very easy way of going through emails quickly you have your process you uh save and download the headshot and resume and then you do the same with the video you put it in a folder you label them whatever and then it's it's that and then you go the next thing go the next thing go the next thing so um so like that part of me is like neat but i need to know that you watch the video or else i just think that i'm sending this stuff into the void you know, I'm just like sending this stuff into like a black hole of like where uh, like video submissions go to die. You know, it's just, it's so, uh, it's it's very disheartening. And sometimes it just makes you think like, why are we even doing this? Like, I thought that this whole video submission thing was supposed to help and it's not. So, um, yeah, so it's, so that's kind of like the thing that we kind of have to go through now. Another part of this is like when you do get a callback and you are in callbacks for multiple things, right? They watch your video, they're excited to to see you do more and they want to see you read this certain role or sing this certain song or, you know, do whatever, right? And they send you the sides or the sheet music along with the track that you can sing with and if it's dialogue, then... Have fun uh, making up your own <laughs> scene partner because I live alone, thankfully, and I have had to like film my. S- I've, OK, so when that happens, when you have like an actual full on scene that you have to record, I what I have to do and what a lot of people have to do this, I'm not I'm not special or unique in this way. But what I've had to do is like record the other lines into a voice memo on my phone after i've practiced the scene a couple of times to know how i want to how i want the beats in the scene to go and all that different stuff record it into a voice memo so to be like hello hello how are you i'm doing fine. i'm doing fine and just kind of like going back and forth between the the lines and all that different stuff and then when i get on film i say the opposite lines so it'll be like hmm. hi hmm. I'm doing fine in you, you know, like that kind of thing. Anyway, it's very—it's a lot of <laughs> prep time, but it also kind of helps just like kind of get you in the scene, right? So then the other part of that is that I'm not going to then put my voice memo onto the audio with the video. Because to, like for me personally, that, that's not it. That just is not it. I would rather record the audio into the same microphone that I'm speaking or that I'm speaking I guess into for the video and have the sound sound the same right if that makes sense so it's not like um like a normal room sound like hi how are you I'm doing well and you I'm doing great thank you you know it's not like there's like weird kind of difference in sound (laughs) um and I uh so I kind of I am extra in the sense because that is not necessary I I personally, I don't think it is. They will know that, you know, we're recording these things at home and they'll give some grace, hopefully. So anyway, so when I record these videos, that's what I do. And then I have to then record the audio afterwards. It's a whole thing moving on. So when you get all this information, right, you're doing all these things, you're sending off the callbacks, yada, yada, yada. This is the point now you're past the main audition, right? And now you're in callbacks. And this is the point when you would when it's more likely I don't want to say that you will or will not But it's more likely that you will get Some kind of uh, Yes or no, right They will actually say like Hi, thanks so much for your work Like it was great, but it's we're not moving forward Or um, it's not working out this season Or hey, like that was great Like we would love to have you Blah, blah, blah um, And uh, it just it, it becomes kind of um of a more defined area, right? You kind of think, okay, I have a little bit of more agency now to be able to say, hi, um, just wanted to check in, just, you know, if there's any feedback I could get or um, if the final casting had been done, just kind of checking in on the process just to, you know, just to check in. <laughs> and um, then you can, and then they can say, hi, yes, no, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Now, the other part about all of this is that when you're doing all these things and things start to flow in, possibly, you know, if you're lucky enough to book things, right? Because half of the work is actually booking the work. So when you're lucky enough to book something, then all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, I have, I have contracts coming. Cool, 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 cool. And then you think to yourself, oh fuck, like if this, oh shit, I got this contract, but I really wanted that contract. And now if I get so I have a contract if I or I have contract a if I but I really want contract b shit and contract b conflicts with contract a so I can't necessarily do them both but I've wanted to do contract a for so long it's a theater I've wanted to work with it's a director that would really be great for you know me like I, I would I think I could work with them a lot um oh shit like which do I do and so then it becomes like a like if you don't have an agent and you don't have necessarily someone to talk to about this, it becomes like this like war within. And I talked about that before, but um, it's, it's just like this whole like inner conversation, this inner dialogue, this inner conflict that you're like, shit, I don't want to, you know, totally screw my chances with, um contract A with that theater but contract B is going to be so much longer it's a role that I really wanted and contract A is like pretty much like ensemble and a feature and whatnot but I really want to do contract B and financially it's a smarter idea to do contract B because it's a longer contract it's a little less pay but over time it'll make up for it you know all that different stuff <sighs> so it's just it's a lot it really is a lot and it's just and I I'm going to be frank as a hot dog right now. I have never had this problem. I have never, not once had this problem where I'm sitting here saying, oh, this contract, like these folks want me and these folks want me. Now they're happening at the same time. Which do I choose? That has literally never happened. Do you understand me? Literally has never happened. Never, not once. And this is a very unique problem to have. I am outrageously aware of the privilege and luck and gift that it is and the privilege I have and the luck that I've had in order to have this problem be a thing. This is currently a problem that I'm going through and that's fine, but we're going to figure it out and it's going to be great. Um, Because also the other thing is that like with my type A personality, I'm thinking of um, it's like type a and also like the whole em- empathic kind of thing. Um, I'm trying to think of situations that could possibly come up before it's even up a-, a situation <laughs> <laughs> because I, cause like these, cause contract B has not reached out. Like they haven't, like I, I've done the callback and I'm really happy with what I did. And I think that it would be a really fun show to do. And I would really like that contract and it would be a lot, you know, X, Y, Z, element O P benefits. Um, But contract A is already here. But also, I have not signed any paperwork. Okay. And we didn't even talk about contract C. I can't even talk about it. Anyway, so it's, there's a lot going on and it's a lot to navigate when you're alone kind of in this whole situation, right? So you kind of feel a little bogged down. You feel a little like, oh gosh, I don't want to be ungrateful and I don't want to be, I don't want to seem rude and I don't want to seem like I'm only you know, kind of being a gold digger when it comes to these contracts. But I have to, you know, make I have to make a decision that's going to be best for not only my career, but also for my pocketbook, girl. Okay. Cause it's hard out here. Damn. It's a lot. It's a lot of money I'm spending for nothing. Hello? These headshots. The rent that I'm paying for my apartment, which I'm considering a studio. Do you know what I mean? <sighs> it's a lot. So anyway, um, so there's that whole kind of situation. That was kind of a, a rant that I did not think I was going to go on. But, um, but that's kind of a situation that we can get into when we're thinking about uh, being cast in something or attempting to submit to be cast and et cetera, et cetera, right? So when we're kind of thinking about what the casting directors are going through, and saying to ourselves, okay, well, they didn't message, they didn't email me back, they didn't call me back for anything, I must be a piece of shit. I mean, truly, like, sometimes it goes it goes straight to that mindset, right? Of, like, oh, God, I'm not good enough, oh, Jesus, I'm not worthy to, like, be seen by these people, no one wants me to be in the room, Um no one wants me to be on their stage. No one wants me to be doing these shows. Like, I'm, there must be something wrong with me. My headshot must be too old. My, The lighting of my video must have been crap. Like, the sound of my video must have been awful. I must have just looked like a, a complete doofus. And why can't I see that? Why can't I fix it? All of these things go through our heads, right? And it's and it's an entire situation that is solely based on how you feel about yourself, period, right? So I will strictly speak from my experience because I can only speak from my experience. I have talked with other people who have had similar experiences to mine, but we're in two completely different scenarios. So like one big scenario, male presenting, female presenting, women have a female presenting actress, actors and actresses have a lot more to go through and a lot more competition than male presenting. Uh, actors and actresses you know what I mean like they have they they have their own you know kind of like Elaine Stritch said their own bag of rocks but a female presenting person has a lot more to deal with than a male presenting now I can only speak from a male presenting uh, perspective but on my side I'm also speaking from a person of size kind of perspective right because I am a big boy y'all okay um I, my weight journey, (laughs) and we'll get into it in a minute, has been like a whole debacle in my life. Um, But yeah, we'll get to that. Um, So we, when we're going into these rooms and we see, and I'm going to speak again from a big person perspective as a person who, so like as, as a, I'm going to use the term guy, okay, for me, um, as a guy going into a room and auditioning for we'll say oh gosh uh hairspray okay so if i go into a room and audition for hairspray there i am immediately typed into two different categories or to two different roles one would be the ensemble kind of like adult male kind of thing kind of you know role that like walks around sings good morning baltimore And then comes on at the end for You Can't Stop the Beat. Or something along those lines. Like he's like a principal or something at a school. Or he's one of the jail folks. Or he's, you know, whatever. Um, Also, Hairspray is a wonderful show and I would love to do it. Just to be very clear. Anyway. So, um, and then the other one as a person of size would be Edna uh, Turnblad, Tracy's mom. So we're either going full ensemble or full principal. (laughs) Maybe another study in there as well. But like that's kind of where we're at it is polar opposites it's never I as a bigger person I am never I should well I should say that I have not had an experience where I have been able to be moldable if that makes sense to um to different roles within the show I just haven't really um if it's like I don't present a lot of options for my experience so like uh, how can I say this? So someone who is not a bigger person. So someone who is athletic, someone who is um, built like, I don't know, like a jock or like a football player or someone who is thin or someone who is just not of a larger size, a thicker body type. Okay. Um, they walk into a room and if they can dance as well, you know, that's great. But if they can't, then, if they're just movers like me, then they're still seen for more things because they can kind of blend in better than a bigger person can. And this is my... I, I keep saying this, but this is just my perspective from the eyes of an actor walking into a room and seeing what actually happens, right? So, because I am not Barishnikov, okay? I'm not running around here. I'm, I did not train Fosse, okay? So I have had a lot of, I don't know about a lot, but I've had a good amount of dance training that happened in college. I did not train when I was a little kid. Um, the most dance that I did before I got to college was with, um, the group young Catholic musicians, which I don't know that I've talked about on here yet, but it was a choir and orchestra that I was in. Um, and we did a summer tour every year, and the summer tour included choreography. Now, when I say choreography, I hope that you can see the air quotes that I'm using. Because it's like, step, touch, step, touch. Um, Take your partner's hand, cross them in front of you, walk to the other side, roll them in for a pose. Sway, 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 roll them out. You know, it's not like, up, down, and kick it. Like, it's not, it's not crazy, right? It's literally, like, we were in four lines of people and each line was about 30 people (laughs) like it was a lot of people um and we had we had limited space as well we had to plan for small spaces um so it wasn't it wasn't a lot of crazy cuckoo choreography but it was choreography that i was doing and we were moving and all that stuff right um and and I still caught on quickly. It just takes me a minute, right? That's the kind of mover that I am, unfortunately. I am not an audition dancer. I am not someone who's going to walk into a room and they look at me and they say, okay, so I need to see you be able to do this ballet and then jazz and then tap and then a modern combo. Like, I'm not that person to just pick up choreography super ridiculously quickly and be able to execute it outrageously well right like I will figure it out but it takes me a while so that's why like, that's what hinders me at least in in an audition room it's a bummer and I have taken class anyway so I go to college and I um, sign up for as musical theater majors we have to take all forms of ballet or all um, levels of ballet that we can you know muster um, and then jazz and also tap right which is great I'm happy to do it super fun ready to move ready to do stuff but I'm also a fat person okay so I am also then discouraged and And mentally just not in the space to run around and feel everything moving and jiggling and tumbling and twirling while everyone else looks like a perfect, like, popsicle stick, like running around the stage with nothing moving and everything moves together and all this stuff, right? So... It's a lot. <laughs> it is just a lot when it comes to movement for me. But moving on. So, my experience walking into an audition room, if, um, so kind of going back to the idea of it's either super ensemble member or it is principal member with nothing else to do. Like, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and,. I don't want to seem ungrateful for any of the roles I've gotten. I love all of the parts that I played, truly. I don't think... There was one part that I did not like. It was in college, and I played Elijah J. Whitney and Anything Goes. The only member of the cast, at least in the version that we did, that does not have a song and doesn't do any dancing except for like some sway, 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 sway sways during um, the finale of Anything Goes. Maybe, maybe a sway, 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 and blow, Gabriel, blow. But like nothing like what I really wanted to be challenged to do. It was all these other people that were coming and doing all this tap. And it was the semester that it was in tap. I was like, I can do that. Let me do it. But they didn't see that because they're all supposed to be sailors. And they're all supposed to be very nautical and very period. And people back then apparently were not of any certain size. So, um, when going through that situation, I was very discouraged and it made me not really want to, you know, go for a dance ensemble. I was sitting there. I was like, I can do this. And not to sound like this, I could do it better than the people, than some of the people that she chose. Yes, I will say that till the day I die. Because also tap is the thing, being a musician, that I am like in, I am ready. Let's do it. You know, because like I can really get... The like the rhythm, the, the rhythmic part of it all is like my bread and butter. I fucking love that shit, bitch. OK, I love it. So um, so going into a tap musical is exciting for me, but it's also nerve wracking especially in a professional setting, not necessarily in a school setting because in school settings, you have months and months and months that you're preparing things. And in a professional setting at most, you might have two weeks to put a show together. So, um, and that's at most like there are theaters, like the wonderful Muni here in St. Louis, Missouri that has like five or six days to put a show together. So learning stuff, learning choreography that quickly would make me very nervous. I would definitely give it my, my all, but it is definitely nerve wracking to me. um, and I think it's just kind of also been conditioned in me to be terrified of these spaces because whenever I get into the audition room, the other thing that's expected of me, because obviously I walk into a room, everyone knows that I'm gay and that's fine. I don't have, I literally have no problem with that. I am what I am. Okay. But when I get into the room, people either expect me to be like the fierce, like yes, big girl dancer kind of thing, or they expect me to fuck all the way up. Like... The whole way. I went to this big cattle call audition once. I mean, 80 people in a room for learning one dance combination to something from Catch Me If You Can. Like literally a nightmare for me. And in this room, we learned this combination. We went over it, but there was like barely any room to move. Um, And it was a bunch of people watching us to try to cast multiple seasons, all this different stuff. And I was in that room and I got up. I was, of course, in the very last fucking group. When I tell you that if there were if there were 30 groups, then there were I was literally number 30. Okay, I was pissed. Oh, I was pissed because I don't want to be the last person going in a dance situation in now listen don't get me wrong in a singing situation i will definitely be the last person i will either be the first or i will be the last i'll happily go in the middle too i'll go anywhere i want when i sing because i know i i can bring what they need to the table 100 but with choreography with dancing and all this different stuff and doing dance auditions in a crowded situation and scenario it is the most stress inducing situation. I swear. Because I want to show you that I I like I am serious about this. I want to do this. It's just that this one part of my brain does not want to keep up for some reason. I don't know why. I have taken class. I have done my homework. I literally like during excuse me, I don't think it was for that cattle call edition. I mean hell it might have been. I don't know. Anyway, um they I I I they I guess whatever audition I was going to, I knew that I was going to have to dance in some way, shape, or form. So I, at my mother's house, when I was still living at home, turned on YouTube, looked up, like, learn this choreography, whatever the hell, and Newsies, the production of Newsies. <laughs> now, if anyone knows me and knows what I look like, I will never be in Newsies unless I am an adult. <laughs> Bringing it back. Anyway. um So, but I will never be a Newsie, right? And if... Anyway, so I was watching this choreography. They were teaching this choreography and I was like, let's learn some choreography that I know will challenge me and let's get in the mindset of taking choreography and utilizing it and like actually applying it and applying it quickly, right? So I challenged myself and I think I learned it like quickly-ish. Like for me, it was quick. Um, In an audition room, probably by like the fifth time that people had gone through the combo, I would have known it. Like probably in that situation. Anyway. So I, um, so I'm watching this video and I am like so proud of myself for doing this like little newspaper dance and whatnot, but I, I was, I was feeling good, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I get to the audition and my brain like completely blanks, completely blanks. I, I, when I was learning that combination, I just completely, I just completely faltered. I mean, it's not that I can't take choreography and I can't do it. It just takes time for me to get it. And... When thinking about, um, and we'll get back to the whole, you know, in the room kind of situation, because there are other things I want to talk about. But when thinking about the practice of typing people out for shows, and if you don't know what that means, um, when you walk into a room, if they know that they need a tall, dark hair, uh, blue eyes, prints type of, of a character or an actor, um, or someone to fill that kind of type, they're going to look at me and be like, okay, no, thank you. Bye. And that's typing out people That's saying, you know, you don't fit this type for the show. You're free to go. That kind of thing. It's ruthless. It happens. I don't really know how often it happens. I mean, I'm sure that happens pretty often, but I don't know like, if out of a hundred auditions, like 90 of them are typed out. Do you know what I mean? I I want to say it's 50-50. I can't prove that. I have not been to an audition where typing out people has like really happened like fully. Um, But anyway, so uh, yeah, so it's like a whole situation and I you never want to be typed out or anything, right? was <laughs> is like, oh God, just let me do it. But in this world of being typed out, like I don't want to be typed out from a show that I think that I could do really well because of the fact that I'm a bigger guy or because of the fact that I'm gay. Oh, girl. Oh, Jesus. That is that's something we can talk about, too. But um, just being able to like actually have a full college try attempt at the audition is the goal. That's what I want to do. I want to have my shot, right? I want to actually show you what I can do and impress you in some areas, maybe not in the others, but I can tell you, I can, you know, I can work over anybody. You know what I mean? Because when I walk into a room, I have a personality and I know that I bring something to the audition space that makes people feel comfortable. They're very relaxed around me, which is great. And I'm very relaxed around people as well. And we can have a really good time in the audition room. I know that I bring that. And that's the only thing that I miss really. Well, one of many uh, things that I miss from doing live auditions is just being able to go into a room, look somebody in the face and have a connection with them and be like, hi, I'm Mark. It is so nice to meet you. What's going on. Let's do this. Let's have a good time. Um, So that's something I definitely miss. Anyway, um, but when I go into a room and like for Hairspray or because apparently that's the show that I'm using um, and they say, "Okay, do you want to do Edna? And I say to myself, I mean, yes, I want to be Edna. That would be so fun. However, the vocal part for Edna is lower than what I normally sing Um, or sorry, not normally not normally what I sing but what I can sing if that makes sense because my lower register y'all it's like not it's not great okay it's not great and I don't apologize for it because I can belt for Jesus okay I can belt for the rafters but the lower register stuff it just gets a little like whoa what's happening also it just doesn't travel like my lower register is all kind of um sometimes it, it, it kind of teeters around the world of vocal fry but also it's Anyway, it's just not great. I'm not going to talk myself down, but it's just, I mean, it's not great. Um, so when I go into those auditions, I'm like, yeah, but I mean, we would have to do this and that to try to make it work for me, or I would just have to sing it up the octave or something, you know, and then it gets a little weird and people are like, well, you know, this is the gag of the whole joke is that, you know, it's a lower voice male or something like that. Um, and then I'm told by a friend of mine who's actually on the national tour right now that they're like, no, like you can absolutely sing it up the octave. So sometimes it just, it just gets a little crazy in the room when you're, when, when you're so nervous about getting typed out that you type yourself out. Who? wow. That is, that is some musical theater gospel right now. Hello. Okay. When you type yourself out, don't do that. Don't do that shit. It's not helpful. Coming from someone who does that a lot. Do not do it. It is not helpful. Wow, that was that was a moment. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's just, so when I go into a room, kind of getting back to this whole experience of being a bigger person in the room, when I go into the room um, and they can automatically see that I am queer, that I am here, and that I'm gay, and all these different things, blah, 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 I'm really fun, you know what I mean? Um, and obviously I'm putting on, I don't, don't want to say that I'm putting on like a personality, but I do, you know, kind of like, I make sure that I'm really present. And sometimes my presence can be very energetic, and that's fine. And then we let it all out in the song, and it's all very exciting. And we talk about stuff afterwards, and we leave. Um, And it's just, when I was going through, when I was at school, girl, whew, these are some stories, y'all. When I was at school, um, I went, and I might have talked about this at least one of these auditions before, but I want to bring it up now because I'm talking about all this. Um, we were doing... um a show. Oh, I'm just going to say it. Screw it. I don't care. The person isn't working anymore. Anyway, um, we were doing the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. And if you don't know that musical, it's a musical about these kids who go to um, do this like spelling bee to go on to the national champions. Champions? Mark. The national championships of spelling bees um, or the spelling bee, if you will, that's held in like Washington, I think it is. And these kids are going through the spelling bee and they go through all the perils of like misspelling words words or like um, people getting easier words than they got or, you know, whatever, like little, you know, moments of love burdening. And it's a super ridiculously funny show. I mean, just an incredible show because also... Another part about the show is that there's audience participation. Like, if you get to the show early enough, you can put your name in the hat to be pulled up on stage to be one of the spellers. And, like, they give you a really easy word like cat and you win and, like, you go sit down. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to be in another round. And then you go up and they're like, okay, stenosis or some, you know, like some, like, random big person word. Um, and they try to get you out with all these words. <laughs> there have been plenty of videos of people just spelling big word after big word after big word, and then they have to just give them an obnoxiously hard word with a lot of silent letters to get them out kind of thing. Anyway, um, but it's a very fun show, and obviously the kids are in grade school, so I'm thinking, like, big energy. I'm thinking, oh, gosh, like, I'm so excited to be here for the Spelling Bee, you know, all this different stuff. And I sang this song. I got really... I belted for Jesus because I knew that I wanted the role of Chip Tolentino, who's like the Boy Scout of the group. And normally for my type, that's not necessarily what I would be considered for because Boy Scouts are all American thin boys who do a lot of activities and they're thin. So, um, I knew that I wasn't necessarily going to be automatically considered for that, and that's fine. But that's what I have to do as an actor of size and someone who is not the type that is expected in our current theater theatrical landscape. Now things are changing, do not get me wrong. And I'm not saying that there are not roles for white men you know, white men in shows. I'm not why gay men in shows? I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that with my with what I particularly bring to this area of the world, not a lot of opportunities have made themselves available. Okay. I'm just going to put that out there anyway. So I, um, so I was like, yes, I'm going to go for a chip. It's going to be great. Blah, blah, blah. And I go to the audition and y'all, when I tell you that at my school at the time, I was definitely one of, if not the strongest singer at my school. I don't want to sound like that. I'm just not going to talk myself down because I also do that a lot. A lot of self, hatred talk. And I'm not going to do that, especially on my podcast. I'm a really good fucking singer and I was one of the best people at my school. So when I did not get called back for the musical, I was shook. I was absolutely shook. This musical is like outrageously contemporary. Um, a lot of belting, a lot of whatever. I was one of the better belters at my school. Um, if, I don't even think that we really had a lot of male belters like that could do what I do. Okay, let me put it that way. Um, so, when I was not called back for this, I was outrageously confused, like just gobsmacked, very confused. And almost, and because I was younger, like almost kind of like it hurt my feelings. That I wasn't called back for this show. Like, are you, are you, are you, do we need to go do it again? Are you serious? I'm not called back. What are you talking about? So, I then found out that um, I was not called back because when I auditioned, um, one of the people in the audition room uh, said that they could not see me playing anything else but gay. And the reason why that is a problem (laughs) is because regardless of my... Uh, of the energy they give off, my effervescence, my whatever. Um, I later worked with this person and we figured out a way to get around it. Okay. So like we figured out a way to kind of hone and channel um, a quote unquote heteronormative energy into a different show that was also about these like backwoods people that it was fat boy. And we were able to, you know, figure that out. And it's a very funny show. And, you know, a lot of Southern twang people walking around talking about what you talking about, if I were. you know, whatever, just being ridiculous. Very, very funny. But when I was told that it was because they couldn't see me as anything other than gay, that was an issue for me. <laughs> um, but I also at that time did not have, did not feel that I had the agency to say, wow, you're a dick. <laughs> That's really fucking rude. Why would you say that? Fuck you. That's why you give me uh, direction in an audition or in a callback. That's why you see how I work in the room. What the fuck? Are you serious? Like, that's not cool. So that was an issue for me. Um, And then another moment that happened. I, and girl, y'all need to remember that this was before the age. I'm going to say the age of Aquarius just because it's a musical theater episode. But like literally just the age of like, Men being able, or men, hold on, how can I say this? Having it be socially acceptable or people already being socially aware of the fact that men paint their nails or men, you know, do things that are considered effeminate or not masculine, right? So... Coming into an audition for the last five years at that time, the last five years, if you don't know what is a two person musical by Jason Robert Brown, it is a gorgeous show and you should absolutely watch it. They made a film back in the day with Annie Kendrick and Jeremy Jordan, which not my favorite, but life will go on. Uh, They're making more money than me, so they win. Um, But I love the show. I really do. It's such a beautiful show. I think it's beautifully written. Um, It's two people that are going through a relationship, which happens to include like the the first kindling of the relationship, like the first date, the marriage proposal, getting married, and then them breaking up at the end. However, the uh, the female presenting person, her name is Kathy, she starts off at the end of the relationship at the beginning of the show, and Jamie, the male presenting uh, party, because this is a heterosexual couple, um, they start off at the beginning of the relationship, and they work their way respectively back to or forward to the other side. So Kathy goes from the end and then at the end of the show, she's at the beginning of the relationship. Jamie does the opposite. He starts at the beginning and ends at the end of the relationship. It's a beautifully written show. It's really incredible. I walked into the audition and I had I was like going through like a little nail painting phase, you know, like whatever, just living my life trying to be cute, trying to find my little expression of myself. Um and I had my nails painted. And I walked into the audition. I think it was either, I can't remember if it was the audition or the callback. I think it was the audition. Um, but I walked in, I had painted nails. And the person who was overseeing the audition, who, was not, who did not end up directing it, wasn't the person who was directing the show. But um, they came up to me and they said, oh my God, I cannot believe you have your nails painted. What is wrong with you? Like, Why, do you, why would you come to an audition with your nails painted for the show? What are, you, what are you doing? You know, like acting like it was like this huge, you know, sin against God that I had my nails painted. So like, this is what I was going up against at school. Okay. This is what I was up against. People who could not necessarily see past the binary or see past the, um, and when I talk about binary, I mean like the binary thoughts of what masculine is and what femininity is in regards to theater, okay, or daily life, but mostly in regards to theater. Because the other thing is that I want to do a lot of roles in drag. I want to be Ursula. I want to be Trunchbull. I want to be um, Mrs. Lovett. Like, I want to be, like, all of these roles that are not written for male-presenting people, um, except for Trunchbull. But, um, like, I want to be, you know, these badass bitches on the stage. Okay. Um, so it was a lot. <laughs> it was it was a lot. Another situation where I got um berated because of um a choice that I had made or an opinion that I was giving. Um we were doing guys and dolls and I was called back for nicely nicely because of course I'm a heavy set male who can belt in a musical theater program. So I'm going to be called in for nicely 100%. And that's fine. Nicely was I played the role. It was a lovely experience. Loved the show. Super fun. I had a, my first like prolonged applause moment. So like when you're on stage and the the audience after sit down, you're rocking the boat is just like on there Feet basically. No one was like it wasn't really a standing ovation because no one stood at my school, apparently. But ever but they were living. And it was just like a wave after applause, wave after a wave and a wave and a wave and a wave. And I just stood there and I got to hold it for everyone. I mean, partially for me, but also for all of us that had just done a kick-ass job on this song. Fuck yeah. I'm gonna make sure everybody gets this applause. And then also there's a moment right after the song that I had that the audience needed to hear in order for the joke to land. So no, I was not going to move. I needed my joke to land. What are you, hello? Um it's called co- like timing, you know, look it up. Anyway, so um I so we're also doing um Oh, gosh, what was it? She Stoops to Conquer. That's what it was. It was either She Stoops to Conquer or another show. I can't remember. But um, we were doing this other uh, play as well. And I wanted to be called back for that as well. Like, I knew that, like, I could do nicely. I could wake up tomorrow and do nicely. You know, like, that's fine. I can absolutely do that. I wanted to do something that I was also going to be challenged by. Right. And. I think I wanted to just try that because I was in the educational setting where I'm paying to go to the school to then <laughs> be able to have these experiences, right? So that when I leave this educational setting, I am more prepared to go out and do the thing. So um. anyway, when I brought this up and said, I'm like, why wasn't I called back for this play? Like, I didn't know... If I was just like, if I didn't do a good job on my monologue or, you know, whatever. Um, If I wasn't, I didn't feel worthy. Okay. I didn't feel, I was having a moment of not feeling good about myself and like feeling, oh shit, like I did something wrong. So I asked and they, the director flat out told me, they were like, no, someone already claimed you for Guys and Dolls. And I was like, someone claimed me. What do you mean someone claimed me? Like, I understand that the shows are happening at the same time. I get that. So obviously they want me for the one. They want me for Guys and Dolls. I'm not, no, I was never told that they chose the show for me because that would be aggressive. Um, I think that they chose the show knowing that I was there, right? Because you have to go off of what, off of the talent pool that you have, right? So, um, So I was like, all right, well. I mean, that's weird. So then I went to the person who um, was musically directing the show and she decides to say, oh, well, I heard that you, you know, were thinking about like not wanting to do nicely or not wanting to be called back for nicely. What's that all about? And I was like, I mean, first of all, I never said that I did not want to be nicely. So calm down. Um... I just wanted to be called back for a play so that when I when I go out into the real world and I see an audition for a play, I kind of know the protocol and I can navigate that situation better than because I know how to audition for a musical. I know how I, I know how to do that, but I feel like you want us to be well-rounded for everything. So I just wanted to be called back. I wanted that experience. Fuck is wrong with you? Like get away from me, you dumb bitch. Fuck. Like it made me so angry. Oh my god, it made me so mad. Um and then she also gave me shit because we had things called um senior projects which are um kind of like your senior like your senior year you choose one of the roles that you do or they choose shows with you in mind to have it be your senior project um to do that role. And they were like, "Well, why aren't you doing nicely for your senior project?" And I was like, because I, like, it was a great experience, but I wanted to do something a little bit more fulfilling. And so I decided that I wanted to do a cabaret as my senior project and kind of delve into that world of performance. And that teacher who kept giving me, who kept, God, I can't even talk, who kept giving me shit about it, um, she didn't fucking come. (laughs) She didn't come to um, to my cabaret because of um how can I say this uh family time that she needed that's what that's what she told me and I was like okay well fine fuck off <laughs> like I don't I'm still doing the cabaret and it's still gonna be fucking great even though you're not there So, okay. so we'll just move on I guess anyway um so there have been all of these kinds of situations, right, that um, have kind of led to me feeling a little inept or inadequate in an audition room and have kind of given me a complex about being in the audition room when I go in and they say, well, why wouldn't you obviously want to do this show? Or why would you even consider yourself for this when you do something like this? Um, and it. Just, I mean, it frustrates the fuck out of me, to be honest with you, because I haven't had, I'm trying to think, I haven't had any roles that have been like completely outside of my wheelhouse. Um, When I did, when I auditioned for Something Rotten, when I auditioned for the tour, um, I had originally thought of myself for Nostradamus, who is like the big, over the top, um, character that, you know, tells all the visions and, um, has the big song about musical theater and all this different stuff. So I just naturally saw myself in that role because I really didn't know the role of brother Jeremiah. Like I considered myself to know, um, Nostradamus. So I, um, I didn't even think that they would consider me for Jeremiah, to be honest with you. Um, and then when I got the call back, they asked me to prepare both. So I prepared both. I went, I will never forget this. I went into the audition room and I kind of, I, I wasn't privy to the idea that when they're doing a second national tour, okay, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel and i say that in regards to the fact that they're looking for people that can do the thing that has already worked. I'm not saying that they're not giving any kind of freedom in regards to how they um, approach the character, but we're all going to get to the same kind of result or the same kind of effect like through your vehicle, of your body and your, you know, your presence and whatnot, whatever you bring to the role. However, They're not, to make their job easier, sometimes they are not trying to reinvent the wheel. And Jeremiah, truth be told, was literally, he's like on stage for less than 10 minutes out of a two and a half hour show. So... We need to get him in, be funny, and leave. <laughs> and I say that with the most love of my heart. I It is the one of the best roles ever. I love that show, and I loved being able to play him every night. It was very funny. Even when I completely went up on my lines, like, oh, my God. I whew, That was a rough moment. Um, But, I mean, it was just – it was very, very funny, and it was a very fun time. But they – but I kind of typed myself out for that role, for the role that I ended up getting. So just – Thinking of these things, you know, when you go into an audition room or when you stand in front of your phone to film a self-tape for people that you don't necessarily know and you want to show them what you think to be your best work or the best part of you, right? Like, you're kind of taking away your own power by thinking, oh, this is the best part of me. Like, you have to go into it thinking, hi, I would really love to do the show. I'm auditioning for you because I want to do the show or because I want to work with this director or because of X, Y, Z, O, P. But I'm auditioning for it because I want to, because I would love to do the show. And like, yes, the money is obviously going to be great, but I want to do this show. I'm not just auditioning so that I can have a contract. Now, there will be moments where you have to do that because times are hard, Mrs. Lovett. Okay, Like times is hard. Like sometimes you just have to do the job or audition for the contract that you don't necessarily want to do and you're going to be amazing, but it's not going to be the most fulfilling thing, but you have to get, you have to do the work sometimes. Anyway, that's another podcast, I guess. Anyway, when I have more experiences like that, which I haven't had those yet, so that's great. Um, but, um, when you're talking to yourself about these auditions that you're going for, because another one that I didn't think that I was going to get, I just did um, a production of Sister Act. um, And my friend Kristen, hello, Kristen, um, and I have talked about this a lot. She was our sister, Mary Patrick. She's amazing. And um, she rocked the house. Love her. And she... Was telling me <laughs> because I went in when I auditioned for the season originally. They called me back for a role in Little Mermaid, which I was so excited about for Chef Louis, and um, and just being able to like be that kind of obnoxious Frenchman. And then they also called me back for Joey and Sister Act. Now, Joey and Sister Act, literally during the song "Lady in the Long Black Dress," sings about sounding like Barry White. Now, if we rewind the episode. This episode, about, you know, 23 minutes, and we listen to the part where I say my lower register is, like, non-existent, a mess, okay? So I thought to myself, oh, Jesus, oh, my God, I really hope that they don't hate this. I would really hate for this to keep me from getting Chef Louis, you know, like, I was, like, freaking out. I was like, oh, fuck, god damn it. Um, So when we did the audition, because the other thing was that when I did the callback, um. The, the expectation that there was a track to record to was not really in the world yet, I don't, to my knowledge anyway. There wasn't one that was sent, which is totally fine. I had a gorgeous accompanist who is my friend Gail, and I love her, um, and she can play anything you put in front of her. So we had to do that um, a couple of times because the music at the beginning, it's not necessarily a vamp. It is a perfectly timed out amount of music to get the opening dialogue in four if that makes sense so we say that i have like eight bars of music to say this like little paragraph and i was trying to perfectly time it and we (laughs) i think we got it like maybe twice so i was happy that i got it but anyway the whole reason i'm telling the story joey is like this kind of in my mind i don't want to say like hyper masculine but like he's he has like a An awareness about him that, like, he knows that he can get any woman ever and, like, which, you know, to his chagrin is probably not true. But, like, he believes it. He believes that he is, like, the cat's pajamas and that he can get any woman anytime, even a nun, and I'm going to make this work and we're going to get Dolores and blah, 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 all this different stuff. Um, And that is, like, that was kind of hard for me to, like, grasp and, like, try to be this, like, you know, like, hey, what's up? You know, kind of, like, whatever kind of guy because... That's not me. So it was a nice stretch. It was, I had the most fun with that role, especially with our director, Amy. She was fucking phenomenal and I loved working with her. She was so fun. Um, I even got to like do a little heel stretch laying on the ground because I'm a big bitch, but I can do it. Okay. That was one of those things we made it work. All right. So. Anyway, I was very happy for that opportunity to kind of expand my box and like kind of step out a little bit. So that was awesome. But I almost typed myself out of that role because I was like, I can't... Like, you you have... You, it, it must have been another mark. It's okay. That's all right. It could have been somebody else. <laughs> um, and I... Oh, there it is. Um, I just... I don't know. It was it was a lot. I was very thankful, very thankful, very grateful. Um, but it was a lot when I got the show call. I was like, "Wait, what?" So anyway, um, it was very fun though, and I was very happy to do it, and it was so fun. and I got to make some amazing friends, um, and it was really, really, really fun. Anyway, so moving on. The whole point of the because now I just feel like I'm rambling the whole point of this episode is just to kind of give everybody an idea of what we kind of go through as actors of size um, and how you should not necessarily just swipe left or swipe right on somebody when considering them for a job um, or when you're considering them for a dating purpose. Now that is a whole nother episode as well. But, um, But in regards to being a larger person in the audition room, there are just some things that like – other folks don't have to necessarily go through or if they don't necessarily have to go through my experience, like my situation, they're probably going through a similar experience in a different way that I don't have to go through. Right. Um, because we've heard about, you know, so many people just in in regards to judging appearances and whatnot, like those awful phrases, like, Oh God, go eat a cheeseburger or something along those lines. That's just awful. Why would you say that to somebody like, stop? Um, so there are obviously shareable experiences, um, between the two sides of the spectrum but that is just my experience as a larger person in the theater so hopefully moving forward when um, casting directors or even like when you're you know thinking about wanting to maybe put on a play or put on um, some kind of showcase or something you're not going to necessarily judge the people that you're looking at it at, sorry, the, the people that you're looking at for it, there we go, um, you won't necessarily just judge them on how they look. I mean, like, I understand at some point in the arts and entertainment industry, an appearance situation is always going to be a thing, but... If we can just do our best <laughs> to not make that a thing that would be awesome that would be great um and also on my side of this i'm also going to go take classes now because i have to get my ass in gear because i need to be ready for these opportunities when they come so that way i'm not you know stuck up the fucking creek without a paddle um i'm trying to row with both arms on either side of the boat you know what i mean so anyway this was a very long story and I did not realize that this was going to be the story that I talked about today, but here we are totally, you know, best things come when you don't expect them. Um, so yeah, I hope that you all are having a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day wherever you are. Um, and I guess I will just see you on the next episode. Love you all. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of More With Mark. To get more with Mark, haha, come visit our Instagram at morewithmark. And a big shout out to our sponsor for today's episode. Thank you so much for your support. Y'all, if you would like to know more about them, Google is a wonderful resource. Ha <laughs> ha! And I could not do this if I did not have you, our wonderful listeners, listening in. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of More with Mark. Bye.